Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with the co-host, Ben Bateman. Radical! What's up, everybody? I'm excited. We're here. We're talking magic. This is a good episode today. Yeah. Serious news voice. It's a very serious I robbed episode. all of the energy. You stole it I all. I stole it's mine You're now. an energy thief. I'm a vampire. You're a thief of hope. Uh, I would, an, a notion thief. A thief, of, a thief of sanity. I drew some cards. Yeah. That you wanted to draw. They're mine now. Did your vocabulary improve significantly from the time you started playing magic till being now? I don't know. Yes. Mine certainly did. I mean, it's hard for me to say because I started playing when I was like 10 or 11. But if I start playing 10, 11, absolutely. I think it does do that. Like it's proven that like kids who play magic do better on the verbal portions of yeah. SATs. But I started playing magic really when I was in call, like after college. So like vocabulary wise, it was already That's fair. pretty wide. You pretty, were already really good. You, you, you were already really good at spelling and pronouncing things correctly. Oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> just gotten worse with magic because then there's more words for me to say wrong. But uh, <laughs> uh, we are all out of order. This is the Masters of Modern Podcast. We talk modern on this show. There's a lot of modern things coming up. And that is the host of the show right there. Where can the folks find you, Alex? I'm at Kess uh, Wiley I, on everything, including Xbox Live. Wow. That's cool. Challenge him on Xbox Live. Apex, anybody? You guys can find me at Ben Baby Media, Twitter and, and Instagram. You can find our Twitter at the MMCast. And that is Marshall James, the producer of the show. Brand new addition in the last few months who has really upped the quality. We've upped our game because of Marshall. How are you doing, Marshall? I'm doing great. Thank you. You're so complimentary. I feel, I feel like brand new. I mean... I think he's past that. He's graduated to new. We did four years of shows without Marshall. Uh, technically, I, that's not true. He was on an episode before you were. Marshall's on the second ever episode of the Masters of Honor podcast. Was I really? You guys yep. could have seen Marshall's eyes just now. <laughs> Me, you, I had Glenn no idea. Jones did our review of Khan's block. Was that the first episode? Or whatever block we did the first review of. Uh, Khan's attack here. Yeah, I, I think that, I recall that, that now. Uh, we were we were hot on Jeskai Ascendancy. Yeah. Yes. Yep, we yep. were like we're like. Is yeah. there a four color deck that plays Birds of Paradise and just goes insane with this? Treasure mm-hmm. Cruise and, and yeah, yeah. And Both Dig. you and me were like, no, this card's a real thing, and Glum was not on it, and then it was a thing. It was one yeah. of my my very first podcast shot calls that I was correct. <laughs> it was great. Um. So things to talk about on the show this week that are going on. Um, so today we're doing uh, the best gold color combo per set for, for color combo. Yes, Alex and I talked extensively last week and the week before about what is the best card per two color combination ever printed. Put some polls um, on the internet that we'll be talking about. And this is a little bit more of a complicated one because we have done lists in the past that mm-hmm. have been the top per guild in modern, specifically for modern. Which we haven't even finished that series yet, and there's even a blue black episode that we lost. Yeah, that we've like said exists, and it's the most demure thing that's possible. Uh, <laughs> but like, good example. <laughs> the of that episode is, like, that shall not be named. Right. <laughs> a great example of that is like when we did the blue green episode. Slippery Bogle was the number one card. That is only the best blue green card because of modern, not in the all time magic. Well, so yeah, yeah. So so there's two reasons to look at this differently. When we've done those episodes, specifically cards in modern, and some things have changed. I think actually, literally the last set uh, added Ravnica Allegiance. 
added the best and second best blue green card. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. least I think it added the best blue green card in modern. I don't think Hydra Crisis is the best, but uh, I think it's on that top ten. Like yeah, that yeah. ten list was laughably bad, and I think it's not a but one less laugh instead yeah. of like a ha ha ha. It's a ha ha. So, so what we're doing on this one is talking about cards that are really good outside of modern, but have a decent chance of maybe being printed into modern horizons. Well, yeah. So if you look at gold cards, gold cards are really interesting because they have the ability to be pushed more than a monocolor card or even an artifact because they're harder to cast so even if you have a really 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 good blue green deck it can only be played if you're playing both blue and green and on top of that it has to have a blue green deck exist in the format that it can even slide into so often gold cards will be printed in standard uh, my favorite example is glissa in scars uh mirrodin block which that card is very powerful first strike three mana uh first strike death touch yeah can rebuy artifacts from your graveyard when creatures die but there were no lands that let you cast green and black cards in the in the entire standard environment so you couldn't play it or the play you had to like have a very loose mana base um and so Wizards feels like they can be more comfortable pushing gold cards. And it's funny, one of the things that they found really funny when they created gold in Legends, which is um, gold is the most, I think, the most popular mechanic Wizards does, period. Like, of all of the different cool things that aren't in every set, gold is the most popular to the extent that now it's pretty much in every set. Yeah, um, and, there's, and, and there's multiple sets that they've gone to every few years of the set is totally based around. Right, and their most popular sets are gold-themed. Like, Ravnica is often their most popular. Concert uh, Dark here is their most popular. Um, the one set that was all gold is less fondly remembered. Uh, what is that, Conflux? Uh, no, it's... Shar... Alara uh, Shar- uh, Reborn. Alara Reborn. Um, Invasion, that whole block was super popular. Okay, super popular. Um, and... But gold is a is a drawback. Like it is a strictly a mechanic that makes a card worse by being gold than if it wasn't gold, but they're just so cool and they're gold colored that it makes it just, it kind of bumps it up to that coolness level. Then you add the fact that commander, especially with legendary creatures, another mechanic that's similar where people like it because it's flavorfully cool, but there's a huge drawback attached. Those two things add, I think a lot of value to gold, but because of that, I think most gold cards can be added to modern. Like, we've now gone through the list of all the gold cards, and there's some band, looking at you, Deathrite Shaman, that, like, obviously aren't going to work in modern. But the most powerful cards on this list that aren't in modern currently, I think, could be added to modern, no problem. Yeah, so we're going to get into all of those cards. That is today's topic. You guys already know where you can find us. Uh, stay tuned next week for our preview card, by the way. We have a preview episode going up next Monday, so look for that. It's really, so really exciting. exciting. Yeah, Monday um, morning. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. There's a contest we're going to be running that I can't talk about yet because it involves the card, but it's a sweet contest. We're giving something really cool away, so be sure you check it out. We introduce it right after we spoil the card. Look for that on Monday. I think we should talk about this episode topic, and I think before we get to it, we should address a little bit of the news from this last weekend. The system is down. Yes. <laughs> so it's catching on, guys. The SCG Modern Classic in Cincinnati was won by Mono Green Tron. Second place was is it Phoenix, where Prison was third, Amulet Titan was fourth and fifth, Dredge was sixth, Eldrazi and Taxes was seventh, and Monogreentron was eighth. I saw another I don't think you can I don't think you can refer to Is it Phoenix getting second place in this event with that side of a downturn when like how many of those decks are playing in Central Vision not in Central Visions. Ancient Stirrings. Ancient Stirrings. Because it's uh, more than half. Monogreen Tron, were Prison, Amulet Titan, Amulet Titan, and Monogreen Tron. They it's all half. play it. It's half. It's five. Five. It's more than half because World Prison. Yeah. See, yeah. I think World Prison plays it. Actually, not every World Prison deck does. 
Some it depends of, on whether or not it's a green or a prison deck. But usually, usually they do. Yeah, usually. I'm gonna say it usually did. like I'm gonna op- say for the arguments of this with us has without us having to listen in front of us, it did. And like Opal and stuff? No, they come don't. Come at me, internet, if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just like misremembering offhand. But I thought normally they... war prison decks do. Right. I haven't seen a war prison deck that doesn't. I guess like Grixis prison. Yeah, actually, maybe not. Now that I think about it, those decks are usually not green. Those decks are usually not green. But then again, they don't. Marshall's really... looking up. This is why we have a producer. But moving on. So that's I think the big news from this event is. Now, mind you, the SCG Modern Classic has two as a Phoenix in the top two as a mirror match. Oh, oh, oh sorry. That was the team open in Cincinnati. The, the information that I had looked up over the weekend, which is why I was a little confused, was, in fact, the Modern Classic, which the first and second place decks were both is at Phoenix. Marshall's here to give us the update. Yeah, so uh, this War Prison deck was just Demir colored. So, so it's, no, no vision. So it was fat. just playing two collective brutality and Sturings. four no were of invention. Yes, and that's the, and that's the key. So... um. I think let's quickly address it, just because we've talked a lot about Is It Phoenix. First of all, Is It Phoenix can no longer really be referred to as budget, because there's a couple reasons. The first of which is that you have to play some number of surgicals now in your main and side, and that card is now $60. A playset of surgicals costs you almost as much as a playset of scalding turns in your deck. Is It, is it Phoenix was never a budget deck, and I think that is misconstruing. I think the point that I was making when I brought it up last time was not that it's budget but that the most expensive pieces of that deck are in many people's collections already historically it's been referred to as kind of a budget deck like it's since it's come out because, because people already own scalding turns but scalding turns like no but i mean tarn, tarn was the expensive card and prior to that most of the rest of the deck was like 20 dollars or less the phoenixes were like 25 and then otherwise like spire bluffs are seven it was not that expensive compared to like say when jund was in its heyday or like abzan sure, decks like sure. that but right now, it's still over $1,000 because of the increased prices in a lot of these cards. You have That's Thing in the Ice continues to go up in price. Manamorphose is $20 a pop now. Um, you know, it's, it's an expensive deck. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pricey deck now. Um, so, I, is it? <laughs> um, it's interesting. Uh, I feel like they're going to ban a card. If they do ban a card from it, it'll, Phoenix will just... Unless they ban Phoenix, it'll come back from the flames. A friend of mine sent over a piece of tech today. Uh, Eric Wydatz, you guys know him uh, probably from somewhere. He's been on the show before, I think. Yeah, he did a black-white tokens deck. And he'll come on again at some point. Um, he... he was here for the Highlander episode that we did. Yes, and he sent me a piece of tech that I think is so sweet. Raking Yeah, people canopy. are playing that. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are playing that now. I yeah. didn't know Raking Canopy was a thing. I was like, that is so cool. Yeah, it's a green-green yeah. one enchantment. Whenever a creature with flying attacks you, Raking Canopy deals four damage to it. So it kills every Phoenix, and it kills the Drake. That, so Drake. That, that card is 250. Pure, the foils of that are 250 purely off the back that it's seeing play as a cyborg Interesting. card Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, before that, it was like a ten cent foil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one notable thing that I didn't put on your on the little sheet there, but you were talking about ancient stirrings, and ancient stirrings is not even in the top ten most played cards in the SCG Classic. The top ten go classic, classic. Yes, they go lightning bolt number one with twenty two copies in the top eight. Then Faithless Looting with 20 copies, Serum Visions with 19, Arclight Phoenix with 16, Thing in the Ice 16, Manamorphose 16, Surgical 16, Thought Scour 16, Sleight of Hand 16, and Simeon Spirit Guide 16. It's primarily because this is just a 16 decks, and I think 25% of it is it, is it Phoenix, right? <laughs> is, there, is there five of them or four of them? One. I think I see four of them. 
Um, so that's kind of what's going on in modern as far as top decks go. I mean, Phoenix continues to be a pretty dominant deck. I, you know, there was information posted by Hagen Kirk, who's the one of one of the moderators of our Facebook group, talking about a kind of different eras of dominance for top decks in modern. Yeah, I tweeted on on Twitter. You can find it on our Twitter right now, and it's it's basically his point is like right now is it Phoenix is two to three percent above in in how much it's showing up in tournaments above what um, humans was and. Um, Grixis Death Shadow was during their their days. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that, and I it's too quick. We're like too much in the season right now to really be worried about it too much. I also um, think they're just not going to do anything until after Modern after, Horizons yeah, comes out. I agree. Like, so we, you have a uh, a pro tour or a mythic championship with the specific purpose of testing a mulligan style rule that, as an experiment, if you ban a card right beforehand, you ruin the control which means that the experiment no longer makes sense. And then you have a set that comes out right after that that is going to introduce 256 new cards to the format that are going to hopefully, otherwise I think Modern Rise is a failure, alter the format in a significant way. I agree. So Speaking of which. <laughs> we will talk more about uh, what's going on in the state of Modern in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are going to get to our top card per guild before we do. Take a quick break to give you guys a few words. From our sponsors. What's up, guys? Masters of Modern here. I'm Ben Bateman. I'm Alex Kessler. And we've got a couple quick shout-outs for you guys that we wanted to remind you of on this episode. The first one is Twitter. At the MMCast. We've had a Twitter for years. It's a great place to interact with us. We post exclusive images of our brand-new spoiler cards, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out at the MMCast. It is a great way to support the show. Kess, where can the folks find you personally? I'm at Kess Wiley. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. The second thing is we have a YouTube. You may be watching this right now, honestly. You might be listening to it. But one of the big pushes for us in 2019 is to build this YouTube channel. We want to get more eyes, more ears, bigger guests, better episodes, higher production quality. We even hired a producer right now, so you might even see the camera angles changing. Subscribe, like, comment. It's going really well so far, and honestly, if you guys support it, even if you're an audio listener already, it's a huge thing you can do to help us grow this. The third thing, and maybe the most important thing for our long-term health, is patreon.com slash the MMcast. Guys, this year is going to have a ton of cool rewards for you. We really want to make the Patreon feel special, and it's a great way to help us grow. Our ability to hire the producer, to get new gear, to do anything cool in the future is going to be dependent on our ability to actually pay for it. Because right now, Alex and I are just paying out of pocket for the show. You know, We love it, but that's what we're doing. Well, and, and the producer will help us kind of make sure we stay on stuff on Patreon, so it'll be a really thriving community. Yeah. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is the command zone. Jimmy Wong, Josh Lee Kwai, these guys helped us start this thing. Mm -hmm. Collected.company is where you can find their stuff. They're seriously the most professional magic people in the world. Not named Ben and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they make awesome content every week. Commander Focus. They do game nights. They do uh, the command zone is the, obviously the podcast, the sister podcast of Ben and Cast. Check them out. Collected.company. It's the same place you can find our episodes every week as well. And the last thing is if you guys want to check out a great community, check out the Facebook group, the Masters of Modern. There's a ton of people in there. It's very very interactive. There are constantly threads about new decks, new conversations. Uh, it's very active. Check it out. That's uh, Facebook, the official Masters of Modern group. And otherwise, let's get back to the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Naturally coming back from a break. Let's learn that from the Today Show. <laughs> they just open up laughing. Let's talk about 
The best card. The dance-off that we're going to have. Yeah, so Alex and I are going to do this a little different than we've done things in the past. We both have a pick per guild that we are, are we? going to. Because that's the same way we do it in the past. Well, we're not counting down, though. So, like, very, I think a lot of them are going to be the same card is the thing. Occasionally, they're going to differ, but I think a lot of the cards we're going to choose well, will be the same. And so, not for every category, because I think there's some categories that I believe just there is the best card. But one thing I have tried, especially with card color combos where the color the card is in modern currently. I've tried to find cards that either have not been classically good in modern or are outside of modern to talk towards its horizons possible. So I really will almost have three cards per set, uh, excluding one color. There's one color I don't have a second pick for. So let's start out. Because it's... We both have our phones here. Oh, I have a pop socket now. I can hang oh, out can with you. you can join the pop... Is that one of the exclusive New York Toy Fair pop sockets? It is. Oh, you're going to We're not it. sponsored. You're mine, mine just has ice hoop film on the back. Sweet. Uh, all right, so I think we should start with our first one. Well, let's. I want Marshall to tell us color combos. Well, let's let's start with the ally colors first. So let's oh, okay. go with not random. We're just gonna do it in order. Fine. All right. Do you not want you want me to mix? Alex it? is so disappointed. So disappointed. <laughs> uh, Quick, name a color. Combo. I was going to go white blue first. That yeah, was I, was I was going to go with white blue all first. Right. I actually found white blue to be an interesting one. Okay. Uh, the card that comes up in white blue that I wanted to reference that is not going to win, but I think we both agree does not count, is Thopter Foundry because it's not technically a blue white no, card. No, that is an Esper card. Okay, so I think there's some interesting ones that also, are also it's not the best. I, I think we both know what the best one is, and it's uh, unfortunate. Does it rhyme with Smafari? Yes. <laughs> this one's pretty tough because I I have made the argument enough times on here that I think. To fairy hero of Dominaria is maybe the best planeswalker ever printed, even more so than Jace, which I don't know if I still believe, but I've made that argument enough times now that I don't think it would be fair or honest for me to claim anything other than Teferi is so good. It's really good. That card I, is pretty clearly the best blue white. I, I think I'm with Ben on this one. I feel like I've seen enough stuff where at least Teferi Teferi is the five mana Jace. Like if there's there's I, no question he's the best five drop walker. I think it's and... the third best walker. He's the best five drop walker ever printed. I think the other two, Liliana and Jace, Teferi needs to be in a dominant position for a longer period of time than it currently is. And it like Jace has almost been banned out of legacy. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't think that it's a fair I wouldn't say that Teferi is better than Jace at this point. I've just made the argument enough times that like if we're talking blue white, I think he's pretty clearly like I he's think, he's the yeah. best blue white card. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that there's an argument between as far as planeswalkers go, him and Liliana and which one is better, and I think that's a good debate maybe to have on another date if we ever do another planeswalker rating. Um, which we might do based on the fact that War of the Spark seems to be planeswalker themed. Um, so what's your runner up? Because like my Supreme Verdict. That's me too. Yeah, I don't like it was that or uh, what's the O ring? Yeah, variant? detention sphere. Detention sphere. There's like there's like a bunch of detention sphere level cards that include like spell queller. Yeah. Or include um, what's the two mana one that humans plays? Meddling mage. Um, Meddling mage. No, they're like, all on my list too. Um, and, and but Sphinx, I, Sphinx's rev. Sphinx's like, rev. But like in reality, supreme verdict is. And there's arguments that Wrath of God and Damnation have those places, but the best board yeah. wipe of all time. Um, Being uncounterable against like any kind of a deck, like any any kind of a deck that wants to be able to stop you by like playing soft removal or like soft counter magic and like keep their board alive, especially since like. Regenerate has basically stopped being printed, and the only good regenerate card in Magic is Thrun, the last troll that sees play. Yeah, yeah, or at least yeah. in modern for sure. I would maybe before it was Golgari Grave Troll in that, but he's banned, so don't this worry was, about that card. This was one that I, I like. 
tried to talk myself into another card and like couldn't come up with one. There's a lot of sweet cards. There's some really interesting cards. There's also cards like my honorable mentions for favorite cards are like Dragon Lord Ojatai. I really like, mm-hmm. but like they're just not even in the same. Yeah, like there's to, like Teferi is in a possibly top hundred cards ever printed conversation. None of the other ones are. Next, give me another color. Let's uh, do an enemy. What we're gonna do. All right, let's white do... black. Okay. Oh. I, I, I go white, blue, white, black, white, red, white, green, and I move. Oh, want to go through all that. the white ones. Okay. Yeah, sure. Let's do uh, white, black. Sure. I think this one's kind of easy. I don't know. I think actually Alex and I have different cards. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So uh, Mine's complicated. Yours is obvious. You go first. Well, okay. So just b- b- before <laughs> I before I like explain mine, there were a couple cards. One of the cards that I really, really liked. Oh, we didn't mention Geist. as an honorable mention of blue, white. That's like an obvious, really good one. We yeah. just never said the word. It's just not, not the best. Um, Cabal Console of Allocation is one of the white black cards that I really like, and I've seen pop up more and more. And in modern specifically, and power formats that play a lot of low cost cards, I like the. Uh, uh, he's fine. I like the black white artifact creature that Thoughtseize is a person better. Scholar. Scholar. I also really like Scholar, and I don't think Scholar is the best black white card, so it's hard for me to say Kamal is. My pick in black white is very. Pontiff clearly... was like one I was looking at. Before you said your thing. Sin Collector. There's some other good ones. Yeah. Um, Vindicate is my pick. And it's a pretty obvious pick. And it's an interesting pick because I actually think it's safe to print Vindicate into Modern Horizons to the point that it's actually one of my picks. I okay. think we're going to see Vindicate in Modern Horizons. The yeah. more I've thought about it. So it, I have a question. What's better, Vindicate or Maelstrom Pulse? Uh, Vindicate. It doesn't kill tokens, though. Like It It doesn't matter. The fact like that, vin- the fact that Vindicate... Here's the, th- here's the difference. doesn't kill um, Phoenixes. Sure. But think about this. In a game of Magic, let's say 30% of the games that you play against someone are going to be them stalling out on mana and you winning because they can't hit a third land or like or a second land. That happens. It happens enough times in any in any format of Magic where somebody loses a game to mana screw. The fact that your removal spell in your hand now increases your likelihood to end the game for them when they struggle makes it like in any well, but that's that's like 20% of the use of the card, right? Like like sometimes you're just going to sto- have instant speed still rain. That's really good. Sorcery speed. Sor- it's vindicated sorcery. Nice. Yeah. Cool. You're right. I play modern. I don't legacy cards. Maelstrom Pulse. I knew it was a sorcery. Sometimes yeah, you'll yeah. have a stone rain. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you'll have a stone rain, and they'll like you'll notice they'll stumble on land. I think one of the reasons vindicate was always as powerful as it was in legacy. Sorry, back to knowing what vindicate does. <laughs> um, uh, is it was able to coexist with wasteland, and together they're able to actively punish people's mana bases. Legacy eventually evolved to a position where. It doesn't really function on more than two lands unless you're right. specific decks, and those decks play enough lands that they can get around a Vindicate. And modern today is there. Like Phoenix doesn't care if you Vindicate one of its lands. Uh, War Prison doesn't care if you Vindicate one of its lands. Amulet Titan has like eight different ways to get around you Vindicating one of the lands, and uh, the best deck. I mean, Dredge obviously doesn't care about Vindicating its lands. No, the no, turn three I- is so slow. That's the format as it currently exists right now. I guess my point is, like, you're not going to play Stone Rain or, like, any card like that unless format-specific you want to have cards to answer lands. What Vindicate does is Vindicate is a really good answer to anything, but it oh, also happens... I think happens, really good, and I think it deserves to be added to the format. I'm just saying... It also happens to win you games by accident, and the, the reason I say this is I haven't played that much Legacy, but I've played enough Highlander with that card in decks to know that when somebody stumbles and you just happen to have Vindicate in your opening hand... It's such a feel bad and such a good chance that you're going to win that game because you just end the game on accident on turn three. But that sentence 
more than any other thing is why the they reason won't print I it. Don't mm. think it could be added to Modern Horizons. Like of 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 the ways that it's better than Maelstrom Pulse are the ways that it's problematic in Modern Horizons versus like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And especially since they just printed Assassin's Trophy, and Assassin's Trophy is so similar, but with a fixed Vindicate problem of not having a Stone Rain that's good other times. Yeah. Um, so what's your black-white card? Uh, uh, Lingering Souls. That's, like, not really a black-white card, though. So, based on the rules we've created as this podcast of how we are going to rate top 10 cards, Lingering Souls was not included in our top 10 white cards and was going to be number one in our top 10 white-black cards. Fine. And you can't cast like if it was just a white card, you wouldn't cast it. Lingering Souls is really if good. Just, maybe s- if it was just a black card, you would maybe just cast the black card if you weren't playing white. I still take Vindicate, but I understand where you're coming from. Okay, well, we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> please uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Yes, yes, please that's a great idea. Let us know who won. The third color combination. In fact, on every... Let us know down in the comments who you side with on all 10 of these picks. Yeah, we actually would love to know, and your picks too. If you normally do that as a poll on Twitter, but now we're doing it as a poll on the YouTube channel. So go to the YouTube channel, let us know which one of them. And subscribe and share and comment with your vote for which one's better, specifically mine picks. So now let's do white-red. There you go. Cool. This one's easier. Yeah, it's really Uh, easy. And none of the picks I think available weren't in modern that I was even close to liking. There were only three picks for me. It's the two Planeswalkers and the spell. Yeah. And I went with the spell. Uh, there's two spells. Yeah, I think there's two spells too. But one spell's the better one. Yes. It's Lightning Helix. Helix is the clear answer Lightning, for me. Lightning Helix is the best white red card ever printed. Yeah. Uh, Boros Charm is the other spell. And I like Boros Charm, but Boros Charm is, is, is hyper-specific to the deck that it's good in in modern and like really... Marshall, how many Boros Charms have you played in Commander? Infinity. Because of the, because of the indestructibility, right? That's, the, that's... All, all of the modes are all the modes have their place interesting i've played it i mean i've, I've played the card in modern i've also played the card in highlander which is my 100 card format sure. but like i like boros charm yeah, yeah, yeah it recently got cut from my wheel because i found that it was like it's just not almost good enough yeah but yeah. Re- but really good but helix will never get cut because helix I, I think, is like i think boros charm is worse than both the planeswalkers i think in my rank uh I in power, in pure power, like Gisela is more powerful. But like in terms of power no, 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 versus no, no, no. cost, power, power level played in the format. Yeah, yeah, obviously pure power. Like this conversation doesn't matter because there's like blue red cards that are just like yeah, yeah, like yeah. Niv Mizzet, the six mana one that just is in standard is better than every blue red card if it's in play. But get it into play is the problem. Yeah, I think I think those are really good. I mean, I think when, talking about the planeswalkers though, really quickly. Um, first of all, which planeswalker is better? Between, oh, so a people John- don't know, it's a Johnny, Vengeance, and Nahiri, the Harbinger. The Harbinger. <laughs> a lot of Vengeance in White Red, yeah. which is weird, because I don't know if I would, no, it's I Nahiri, guess, because you're a, you're a hero that's looking to do some damage. It's not Nahiri the Vengeance, it's Nahiri the Harbinger. No, but like the plot of Nahiri, oh, she's oh, getting oh, Vengeance. Oh, oh. I right. know she's not well, a Vengeance I believe but- Mark Rosewater talked about that Vengeance is a very red-white feeling, because, well, it, Vengeance has an emotional tie which is the red and and it's also violent which is red's thing but there's a certain self-righteousness right, about right, why right. you're getting it it's so yeah, yeah yeah there's it a fits rule the right of law to why you are trying to do some damage could arguably be a mardu feel too because there's also a so little bit about like i'm punishing you for i feel like the plot done. of every single movie that involves a vengeance plot is the debate over whether black is involved in that emotion <laughs> yeah. so is it evil to get vengeance? We're not going to move into that moment, but we are going to talk about, I think uh, Ajani Vengeance is the better planeswalker between the two. Ajani Vengeance, to me, 
is one of the most curiously underplayed powerful cards ever printed. Mm-hmm. It's it's always so surprisingly good when you play it, and it always like it just does so much, mm-hmm. but it never quite makes it into modern. Like well, it I, never. And, and I think Nahiri sees more play than a Johnny purely from the fact that Nahiri directly wins you the game, right. where a Johnny is a side piece to your control game plan. But I think that if I were to choose. The things that they're doing, I think a Johnny is one of the best ever created, while there are a ton of different threats that exist other than Nahiri that are good, and Nahiri is just one of the many, and it depends on the metagame. Like, Nahiri's minus is very versatile, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's really and, good. And she can do it twice before she, she can just come in minus minus. Remember all of these, like there's a ton of other white red cards that are not Tons. good that we're not talking about. <laughs> these I, I are think, the three best and I think fourth the, best. If you want to include Boros Charm. Um, all right. So give us another color combo. All right. Let's, uh, let's do white green. Let's finish off the white color. Papers. All right. White green is maybe the best gold color combo ever made uh, for the top. T- so we, I, when we decided to do our top 10 guild lists, I made my top 10 green one. And when we do that episode, I'll say this exact rant again, but deepest by a mile. I thought it was going to be blue, red. I thought it was going to be black, green, green, white is the deepest gold color combo in magic by a significant margin. Like by like, by like, like I think blue, green was the worst. I think that might've changed and it might be blue, black. Now we'll figure that out on another day. But like literally every card in the top 10 was modern playable. If not, legacy playable and there are three cards i had to leave off i think there's two cards that are very obviously the best one and what's interesting is one is the best card maybe in magic history that's green white the other but it's not the best one in modern and the other pick i think is the best green white card in modern other cards that are very good that clearly do not make it voice Voice of resurgence Resurgence. oh my god it's so good i was was like looking at voice and i was like i can't talk anymore i get the podcast to myself until i say your name three times I, I I, i was looking at voice and i was like Wow, I can't believe this is not... I'm not even going to begin to talk myself into how good this card is. This is just not... I'm not going to... Nope, there's better cards. The the For me, there's two clear picks, and then there's one I texted you about earlier that I actually think is low-key extraordinary, and like people don't know it because of the fact that it's not legal in modern. So I'll clear it because I don't think it's the best one. Okay. And it's Eladomri's Call. Oh. It's me... I mean, it's Everyone possible... Everyone likes this card, it's fine. What? Everyone likes this card, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like this card for some weird reason. We talked about this the other day. It's a two mana tutor. <laughs> Eladom Recall, one one green, one white. Uh, instant speed. Search your library for a creature card. Put it into your hand. It's where this card is so good is that like you can convince yourself that that Court of Calling is better because of the fact that Court of Calling has the added application of playing like a bunch of dorks and being able to like turbo it out. In fact, you put it in play. Agreed, but this is two mana different. So when they can't counter the thing you're picking. Sure, but you have to wait until a later point in the game to make Court of Calling any good. Otherwise, you're like getting a one drop. If this card was weak, it would be legal and modern, and it's not. So, well, if this card was not that good, they would have put it back into printed. standard at some point, and sure. they could have because this card was originally printed back in. Play but I think shift. I think there's an argument that it's on the border, and I just I think I think it's above the border. I think it's too good to be in modern. I think that type so of effect is not what they want. Don't think this will be in Modern Horizons. No, I don't. Okay, interesting. Uh, I, especially because it was just printed in M25. M25. Yeah. Um, so I think that makes it a little you, bit. I, uh, this is something like because uh, I've been doing a lot of research because I because I know we're going to be doing a lot of Modern Horizon speculation and I've been looking over cards that I think could be in and a ton of cards that I think would be very safe and interesting to add to Modern were printed in either yep. Ultimate Masters or Masters twenty five and I wonder do you think printing in one of those two most recent Masters 
will disqualify it. And I know I kind of just said that. And I think if a card is borderline to consider, no, uh, maybe. But I think that if Wizards thought it should be in the set, it doesn't matter if it was printed. In fact, it maybe even make it more likely because every card that's old that was in one of those, that, that's in this and is out of the modern, is going to spike. And so it being in a recent master set on top of it being in this is actually probably a benefit in that way. Like the fact that let's say force will was in one of those sets, if not a few of those sets and now is in this set makes it easier to get your hands on, which is a net positive. Well, yeah. And because, I mean, because the reality is the difference between those three, including iconic masters and those modern master sets are that those modern master sets, the cards spike way back up. All the cards pretty much from those three iconic 25 and ultimate masters have stayed pretty low actually like ultimate masters didn't didn't drop that much so because of the box because the packs were costed at a modern masters one price point yeah uh those cards didn't have the same amount of drop off as some of them did and the ones that were like expensive because they were hard to find and they were commander staples not because they were yeah. played in large numbers dropped but for the most part you're gonna find a lot of the staples didn't depreciate as much as they did say like for instance, Noble Hierarch before Modern Masters 2 came out was like a $50 card and then went down to 15 It immediately went back to 30 It bounced back really quickly. It's I, Some of the cards tanked. Like, like, like for instance, like Engineer Explosive is a great example. EE is like 17 bucks now. It was like 80 for a while. Is it not back like, to up? Oh, I thought it was back up. I just bought one for 17 bucks. Okay. Um, Ultimate Masters lowered the price on a lot of cards. In sure. fact, I, so, so much so to the point that I would tell people watching or listening to this, if you're interested in getting foils of certain cards that you have not owned one in a long time and you would like to look at it, go look online for foil prices in Iconic Masters, Masters 25, and Ultimate Masters, and you'll be shocked at what you're finding. There are some cards you can get foils of right now from those sets that are astoundingly low. And I don't know that you're going to make a lot of money, but it's definitely going to be the cheapest you're going to get a lot of these cards for. I bought a foil gamble for nine bucks. Okay. Or six, maybe. Okay. Um, like, I just, surprising. So, anyway, um, those are our picks for white-red, right? Or did we just yeah, do anything? Yes. That was white. Uh, that was, no, we were doing well, white-green. White, we haven't said we what our cards talking, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about uh, Eladon so, Okay, you go first. I'll say mine. I no, mine's Kessler, you have to go first this time. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Night of the Reliquary. I want Kitchen Finks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was, like, looking, and I was, like, I like Knight a lot, and I've, I've played Knight to a lot of success in a lot of different formats. I think Finks is just the most ubiquitous, playable, always good, no matter what card. So, can... I had a long conversation with this on Michael because I was back and forth and I kind of picked Knight because I knew you were picking Kitchen Finks and I do think they're actually really close. But I think that Knight is a more powerful card in Magic overall. Like it's yeah. more powerful in every other format for the most part that it's in. The way that it interacts with like older lands and things like that. With, yeah. It, once you hit Legacy, the land mana base that are available, once you hit Commander, the lands that are available make him much, much, much stronger than he is in Modern. The fact that he is very... Or she? Is he... Or she? She, the fact that she is as playable as she is in modern, like there's, you know, yes, Kitchen Finks has its instant combo and there's a lot more pieces that combo with it. So it is a little bit more versatile in that way, but Knight has its own infinite combo. Like you go off with Carl with Helm. Helm retreat yeah. um, and has just, you know, there's always been a green white deck that's playing Knight that kind of exists purely off of the back of Knight where Kitchen Finks is a much more versatile sideboard card. And I think it's shown up a lot more because it's as good as it is as a sideboard card or it's in the combo deck. And that combo deck has been one of the best decks in modern history. Um, but that deck is not outside of modern. Like Kitchen Finks isn't played in commander. Kitchen Finks isn't played in legacy or it's played in legacy at a much, much, much smaller level than it is here. 
it's interesting. For whatever reason, both of these cards were off my radar in terms of cards I liked playing for a very long time. I didn't own a copy of either one for years. So much so to the point that 10 years into Highlander, I didn't play a single one in my wheel until like last month. Okay. But I will tell you that I put Knight into my that green-white mm-hmm. all-in. It's like a double-striking kind of deck. And it's blown my mind with how good it is. It's really good. The fact that like there are lands that you can get that are basically giant growth effects. That you can get a Caracas. That you can get a Maze of Ith. That you can like Sajiri Step is the like Sajiri Step. You just like can win (laughs) by this being in play. There's just so much versatility that the the being able to tech your mana base in a green white deck where you inevitably can play a high number of both planes and forests, whether they're duels or they're just basics. But then also the twenty percent or so of lands that you play that are like utility lands. Like you can get an Ink Moth Nexus end of turn with this card set it up and if you have the correct setup to just win on your turn with it Mm -hmm. like it's really really good but i will tell you i still as much as that's the case think that that there's there's red white ones there's there's, not that give double strike when it enters the battlefield no there's one that gives first it's it's the titan land but there are two there yeah there are two that give double strike slayer's stronghold i believe is the one we're thinking of sun home those are and they both get played in they historically have both been played at different times in uh, Amulet Titan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, yeah, sorry. I forget if there was a... Because you know there's the spell lands from Zendikar. Yeah. I thought maybe there was one. I know there's, there's one, one that gives first strike, strike, strike and one that gives unblockable yeah. or makes it so a creature can't block. That's Got design it. space. That's not yet explored. Um, I do think... It's probably too good. <laughs> I do think, though, that Binks just in general is the more like pound for pound good card, but they're so close. Yeah, it's hard. Like, if... The rest of the format doesn't ex- if there's no combo pieces for Finks, I think Knight's a better card. Like I think I think you can yeah. slot Knight into any format and it's gonna be decent to amazing and you can slide Kitchen Finks and it's gonna be generically fine. That's fair. When you have a combo on top of it, Kitchen Finks just wins the contest because its combo is a much better combo than Knight's is. But then look at Legacy and then you add better lands and it kind of re- reshuffles it. So it's hard. It's it's it, I think this is the hardest color to pick yeah this was this was the hardest one for me for um sure. i think it was this and red green this one i wanted to talk about both red green we'll get to and we can figure that out then so let's move on next to blue red black no, blue, black, yeah, okay. blue black fine so this is an interesting one um <laughs> pick one blue black i have i have two an, a relatively obvious pick and then i have a pick that i really like that i almost can defend and then there's the pick that i think when we did our blue-black episode that never actually aired, you picked this card because of the, f- the way that it fits into the deck you love so much. I'm thinking that you're not going to pick that card. I had None of the cards that I have on my list, and we should do a better job moving forward of reading what these cards do, especially the older ones. Uh, none of the cards on my list for blue-black uh, are modern legal. Neither of them. So one of those is going to be Baleful Strix, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. And Baleful Strix is my favorite pick. It's the one that I was like... How is this not the best blue-black card ever printed? Mm-hmm. Bilful Strix, I guess we'll just start now, uh, is blue-black for a 1-1 flying death touch artifact creature when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Mm-hmm. It's such a good card. It blocks creature decks. It creates, it replaces itself when you reanimate it or blink it or do anything like that. Discard it, the force of will. It, yeah, it holds equipment really, really well. It like turns on delirium pretty single-handedly. Yeah, the card is so, so good. Um, Tarmogoyf gets plus two, plus two. And I, so I think pound for pound, this is the best card. My pick is Tezzeret Agent of Bulls. Mm. I know it's worse, but I picked Tezzeret Agent of Bulls. Okay, go. Can you explain it? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah go, go for it, Ben. I go picked Tezzeret Agent of Bulls because I think while Baleful Strix is a super, super unique card, 
Baleful Strix or uh, Tezzeret Agent of Bulls, I think, is an even more unique card for where it sits. The printing of Karn recently makes me feel like there's another Planeswalker that's really powerful in that slot that interacts nicely with artifacts. But I still think that in the correct deck, I have enjoyed playing Tezzeret Agent of Bulls. It's a more pleasing magic card. Like, it's not best. I'm just saying, I went for a weird pick on this one. <laughs> I went for a weird pick on this one. Psychotog was the other card that I picked. Oh, no, yeah. Psychotog is the, probably the best card in Magic. The best, best blue black card. That's your pick? Uh, Baleful Strix, I think, is actually what it is, but Psychotog was my second pick, and it's between the two, and it's hard. I didn't play when Psychotog was in standard, but my general understanding was that you were playing wrong if you weren't playing with Psychotog. Um, Psychotog also, though, was a. That's like magic from like. 15 years sure, ago. True. So but it's like, it's of... still like I've played with it in Highlander and it's really good there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so Psychotog, uh, for people who don't remember back in the day, cost one blue black for a one, two, a tog that had discard a card from your hand. Give it plus one, plus one until end of turn. Exile two cards from your graveyard. Give it plus one, plus one until end of turn. It gets real big, real quick. And also is a great discard outlet in a set that wants you to have a bunch of stuff in your graveyard. Yeah. It's an uncommon originally from Odyssey. I, I think Psychotog is like, Maybe, like, I didn't play standard in Odyssey, and maybe if this card was in modern, I would just know that it was insane and it would just dominate the format. Yeah. The card that I thought you were going to mention that you didn't mention was Prized Amalgam. That's the card that I thought you were going to lean into heavier because it's so good in its particular type of deck. Sure. But you didn't. Uh, huh? I like Prized Amalgam as well over Tezzeret. <laughs> you know, can I, uh, can I ask you guys a question yeah. as the Masters of Modern? Are you surprised that Hostage Taker hasn't seen modern play yet? It's on my list, and it's, it, has. It, it has. It sees play oh, in humans. Okay. Um, oh, it sees okay. play in yeah. human sideboards, usually. Um, it's a really good card. Do you think Hostage Taker is better than Tezzeret? So are we just going to stick on the... Uh, talk about how much you think cards are better than Tezzeret plan for a while? Cause... I think I can make up a top <laughs> 10 cards in Magic that are better than Tezzeret. Wow. I wow. love Tezzeret. Shade. I think Let us know really how nine. much you like this trash talk in the comments. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I feel really confident about sharing my favorite cards on this show, guys. Um, no, no, so, no, 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 you, you, you've already I made your love, bed. You need to land it. Hey, is better ben, than hey, Ben, <laughs> an artifact ben I'll come to your defense because the card I had in this was the sleeper Yuriko the Tiger Shadow as my sweet. favorite. Yuriko is great. Uh, I played Yuriko in Commander. Um, and also, Silas Ren is really good. Yeah. Up next is Blue Red. What, what, as we've oh, been we talking, one spoiler card. alert for people who've already been listening to the show. But. Yeah, we said it last week. It's Dak Faden. Yeah, and I, in fact, we recorded our preview episode that goes up next week, and in that episode, I referenced it, and just without even knowing your pick, was like, we both picked Dak Faden. It's that clear. Yeah, well, we talked about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> the closest was Fire and Ice. Yeah, Fire Ice is really good. Uh, and I think that Fire Ice has a, on the conversation of other cards that might be added, and if we wanted two cards to talk about, could be a card that's added. I think the blue, best blue red card is Electrolyze in Modern. Yeah, yeah, and I think... But it's Dak Faden. That card is, like... It was surprising because same reason when we were doing the top 10 list and we were writing down what our picks would be in the future, how blue-red is actually relatively shallow. There's a lot of good cards that combine from blue and red together, Snapcaster Mage and Lightning Bolt being yeah. the best example, uh, or Splinter Twin and anything that untaps a creature. But um, Dak is the best gold blue-red card. And there's other sweet cards hybrid. too like like that are not the pick, like Karanos is really good. Sorry, all the Noggles are better. Yeah. <laughs> I should have picked a Noggle. I'm like I a, not do it? <laughs> I'm like a gigantic fan of Sahili, Sahili Ray, like a huge fan. Mm -hmm. But like really, Dak Faden is card that was not designed for standard and that's why they pushed it so hard mm -hmm. and it's a great card it was the first planeswalker they ever printed non-standard as well at a time where they are also heavily promoting the comic books that he was the main character of 
Didn't they do him and Kaya in the same set? No, Kaya's in the next conspiracy. Oh, the next. This was the only one from mm-hmm. that first conspiracy. Okay. It was it was him, and then very quickly they came out with the five Commander Planeswalkers, and then and Doretti was in the second set and as then well. And Doretti and Kaya yeah. in the second set. Yeah. Ah, okay, got it, got it. Got and it. then the, the next time they had five more Planeswalkers in. Gotcha. There's been two Planeswalker Commander sets, the two conspiracy sets. Now Battle Bond, and then Battle Bond added Will and uh rowan kim yeah yeah yeah. the, the, the pair and ones. then urza is an uh unstable yeah i think we're missing one draft set that's weird i can just say that on the whole scale of one not... scale of one to ten from both of you guys how successful do you oh, think the, the... the chinese uh we just talked about them yeah yeah the the chinese uh, world series or oh, those weren't the ones you were saying for battle bond no that row rowan kenrith and will kenrith sure, are the it. partners Oh, gotcha. Those okay. were Battlebond, but we didn't say they the ones from the Chinese from, exclusive Oh, sets. from the global series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mu Yanling and Jiang. They were not good. Yang Gu. Well, they, yeah, that, that was Gavin's like number one pick for his least Things favorite Things that product didn't work. They messed yeah. up on last year. Let me ask you guys, scale of one to ten, how six, and you can even go above it if you think, how successful do you think the card type of Planeswalker is in Magic's history to this point? Extremely successful. Like over 10. There's The Wizards has been good at backing off of things that aren't working, and yeah. they are doubling down to the extent that there are going to be 36 Planeswalkers in the next set. I mean, it went from being, because we've had Planeswalkers for a little less than a decade, right? They more, debuted more, or, than more than a decade. Yeah. And when they debuted, they debuted five of them in Lorwyn. Exactly yep. a decade. Yeah, or like exactly. I think Lorwyn. Two thousand eight. I think Lorwyn's like was oh seven oh eight. I'm pretty sure. I think it was the fall set in late oh seven. Might be the f- late like late oh eight set, but yeah. it's definitely over ten years. But uh, they put five planeswalkers in that set and then went three sets in a row with no new walkers because their plan was like to test it. Maybe we will right. put them in occasionally. And the demand for planeswalkers have been so high that they then put four in the next set and then one in the following set and then didn't do any in Alara Reborn and we're just like, nope, I think we just need to put walkers in every single set. People are screaming for them. And it's interesting. We, we, we did a ranking at one point of the top 100 planeswalkers. We did all of them? Or yeah, we, or, no, no, no. We did two rankings. One was top 100 cards and one was planeswalkers. Every planeswalker. Every planeswalker. And that was probably over a year ago, the planeswalker mm-hmm. thing. So there's there's a few really good walkers that have been printed since. Teferi was not printed at the time. Mm-hmm. New Urza or sorry new karn i mean new karn is one of my favorite planeswalkers mm-hmm. ever i think new karn is probably a top 20 i'll bet you also better than blue black tesseret so back to dak maiden speaking of three mana planeswalkers uh that card's nuts the ability to discard cards then draw cards off of it at two for three mana is insane and that seems like a mistake to me like yes. that could have been draw a card discard a card and it would be fine but the fact that it's two is really good for three mana is faithless looting any good uh no, I don't think we'll see play. Do you think a walker could have plus one faithless looting and then would see any play? Uh, nah, maybe. Um, and then stealing an artifact is like versatile and fine in modern, and probably the worst in modern than any other format that it's been played in, but still good. I yeah, I mean, this card would obviously this card would obviously never be legal in modern. It would be a very uh, big... people have slotted as something that could be printed. I mean, like this card, this feels like a massive mistake to print this into modern. Like, we'll see. I, I think I can I can see them not realizing Phoenix was going to be what it is, and then just throwing a hail mary. This, it's just too. It's not that good with Phoenix. I mean, I mean, obviously you get to put Phoenixes in your yard, and you would for sure play this in the deck. But it's not like it triggers the Phoenix. It just feels like. There, it's pushed. Like the the draw two discard two effect alone. If it did literally nothing else, it just did that. And the modern kind of that's what it is. Like it, yeah. It, like it's Dak's ultimate is just you steal. And now whenever you target a thing, you steal that thing. His ultimate's blank. Yeah, his <laughs> ultimate doesn't do anything unless it's 
weird. And then his minus two is just going to be a versatile hate card. Like, yeah, it's his minus two. If this card is main deck, do you go up against like an affinity, a hardened skills or a Tron deck? There's a decent chance that like they have to play a little more carefully against mm-hmm. you and can't give you the opportunity on your turn. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is, does Wizards think a three mana draw two cards, discard two cards is too good in modern? I 100% think so. Like, think about that card. Like, Dredge doesn't need this card because Dredge is faster than this card, but just think about the ability to have a repeatable effect online that allows you to do that over and over again. I I think it would very quickly become one of the best cards in the format. The question isn't, does this card become one of the best cards in the format? Is that, does this card become so good in the format that Wizards would be terrified of printing it in Modern Horizons? And that, I don't know. Sweet. Cool. Uh, Next up on the list, we have blue-green. Yeah. The worst color combination in Magic. So as I said earlier, I believe our pick on the modern episode was Slippery Bogle. Worst gold color combination in Magic. Yes. Um, Marshall's questioning this. It's true. I'm going to stand by it. So you picked one that is a commander card, right? I did. So talk about what that card is. Uh, So I think it's Prophet of Crufix. And part of this was I put up a poll because I had to actually... I wasn't sure... Uh, I think that I have another card that I don't know if you picked that card. So I have a, 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 a fourth card that, or fifth card, but between profit, slippery bogle, um, Charlotte's agent and one other growth spiral, growth spiral. Um, I put them all on the poll. Oh no, I put hydro crisis. Um, and those are the, that's that to me, that feels like the five, those are the five. that you're picking yeah. from. Um, and I can look up the poll really quickly, but, uh, profit crew fix one. And there's a good argument for it. I mean, Commander obviously is in a competitive format, but it is the only blue-green card to ever be banned in Magic history, possibly. I'm going to say that sentence, and then maybe seems, I might be wrong. Seems highly likely. Um, it is In any format, <laughs> uh, it is very powerful. It's too slow for modern. Uh, obviously, it's been around for modern. People have tried making it work. I've seen people try and put a you know, five-mana creature card because it is kind of free in many ways. Um and it just is really powerful and, and powerful enough that it couldn't be legal in Commander. Um, my pick for new kid on the block is Growth Spiral. That's my pick. Um, Growth Spiral is just my pick outright. Oh, really? I think Charlotte's Agent is the best blue-green card ever printed in a competitive format. Yeah, uh, you can do a lot of really cool things with Charlotte's Agent. Like, it's Cascade is a mechanic that's been abused several times. Bloodbright Elf is currently on my list of top cards in red-green, and we will talk about that soon. And Charlotte's Agent is at many times better than Bloodbright Elf. The fact that it also is in a better color, um, it has blue, uh, yeah. though I think red in, is really good too. But um, And in Legacy, it does dumb things like get you him to Torox, and Ancestral Vision is really good. And I think that that type of game plan, if it was printed in a modern would be extremely powerful and would be really cool to play like teamer cascade ancestral visions decks where you're playing with both it and blood bright elf that you get just to like, yeah, that seems really powerful. I think um, where I, where I go with growth spiral instead is that cascade at three mana, it's primary function historically has been to play something for free and set your deck up to take advantage of it. There's a lot of three mana cascade spells you can already play. So I like this card a lot. It's great. And obviously it's the best version of those cards. Mm -hmm. Growth Spiral doing what it does is very clearly a cut above the other version of what this card was, which was Explore. The fact that it's instant speed, this card can be played alongside two mana blue instants at the end of turn. Well, I think think Growth Spiral, I'm willing to just be wrong on this in a year when Growth Spiral becomes one of the best cards in a format or in standard. But right now it hasn't had the chance to do that. And on paper, it seems very powerful. Charlotte's Agent has shown itself yeah. to be very powerful. I also think it could be added to Modern. I think Charlotte's Agent is another card people are like relatively fine on, especially since they like 
let Breadblade Elf out of the cage a year ago, and much. it could have been in line. And like, I would have to like, what what would be interesting is looking at a timeline of like, when did they see Bloodbraid Elf into the format, and when did they sign off on Modern Horizons? Because if they, that actually just answers your question if Charlotte's agent could be in the set. If they didn't have time, then they didn't put it in because they were too afraid of Bloodbraid Elf. But now that they've had time with it legal, they might have put it in. Do you think? So do you so you think inherently that Shardless Agent is more dangerous than Bloodbraid Elf? Uh, I think at best, at worst, it's comparable. Like I think that you if you do not if you think Bloodbraid Elf is too powerful for a format, then then Shardless Agent is too powerful for that format. I mean, yeah, it's just like Bloodbraiding. I think it's a better card. Bloodbraid Elf sees loose play in Jun decks in Legacy. Shardless Agent is a tier one deck in Legacy, or has been many times over time, been a tier one deck built around that card in Legacy. Bloodbraiding into a Shardless Agent is awesome. That's just like all we really need to say. <laughs> That's sweet. Well, like... That's the most fun idea I have here. But like the point is that like it's three mana, two, two that draws you three cards or discards your opponent's hand, d- them discarding two cards at random was what it was doing there. Worst case brainstorm is what it was doing. I mean, that like what you were talking about, like if Shardless Agent is in Modern Horizons, then a teamer cascade deck that plays Growth Spiral, but also can cascade. So cascading into Growth Spiral, cascading into Ancestral Visions, cascading into just plain old Lightning Bolt off of either of those cascaders sounds like good times, great oldies. And one thing I didn't bring up, and I want to make sure because people are going to message us if I don't. One of the reasons Charlie's Agent is more powerful than Bloodbraid Elf in Legacy is because it has the blue color and For Force of Will exists, so that's always a worst case scenario there. But I, I do also I think they're comparable in power level without Force of Will. And obviously with Force of Will it's a big deal. What do you think about Thrasios? I know a lot of people are talking about is it just because it only sees fringe legacy and is dominating in commander? I think it's really good. I think it would be my sixth pick. Um I don't think it's better than Prophet Acrufix in Commander. Um, because it would have been banned if it was that good, or it would have been in a conversation in that way, and I don't think it has been, and I don't think it is better than Charlotte's Agent and Legacy, and those are my two picks <laughs> and in both of those formats it's not better than another option and is it better than those cards collectively if you combine both it might be close but i don't think it's there yet profit untaps during each other players untaps it right so in a commander you get an untap during every yes yeah that's right uh, and then, and then and creature spells have flash and creature spells have flash so, so it's just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's ley line and uh I take a turn whenever you take a turn. Right. And that five mana green creature is at the same time. What? It's a ley line and that five mana green creature that untaps things. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, Seedborn Muse. Seedborn, Seedborn Muse. Seedborn Muse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Seedborn plus Yeva, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on to our next one, our last several, we have Black Green. Wait, before we go to the Black Green, I want to say one statement. It's interesting how many of the top 10 blue green cards are were in the last set. Yeah, I mean, they pushed it. It's yeah. awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, because Vanifar is also feels Yeah, Vanifar is on the top and 10. Hydra and Hydra Crisis. Like, literally, my top 10 has at least three. Totally different than when we did it like yeah, yeah. a year ago or whatever. I think by the end of it, we might have to go back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? What are you... Black, black green. green. And I think for Black Green, unfortunately, it, it's a short conversation. There's some really good ones, like Abrupt Decay and Maelstrom Pulse, and even, the, I think, the runner-up, which is Pernicious Deed, but, like, it's just 100%. I think, so, I think... I think Assassin's, Assassin's Trophy. Trophy yeah. Assassin's Trophy, Abrupt Decay are the like second places. Uh, I think that 
Maelstrom, Paulson, Pernicious Deed are that third place. And I think it's a conversation which one of those is better than the other one. And I think Pernicious Deed has a high chance of being printed into the set. I think um, it's interesting that it doesn't hit Planeswalkers. And it feels a, not like a wasted spot, but like a little bit of a, a whiff on a card they would print into the set for I think, that reason. I think like between that and the black pay life to wipe the board, that seems more Deluge. likely. It's like a favorite card of people's. It does a lot of cool things. It has cool effects that it does. I think it'd be really interesting. I think it would see a ton of play and be but like fairly. And, like, the format needs more board wipes. I need more ways to kill prize amalgams, and I need more ways to kill phoenixes. And they knew that those are issues. And actually, this could be a situation where, because it doesn't hit planeswalkers, it maybe opens up a rock walker deck. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Especially if we walker. get a... We, and they already are. Like, yeah. like Jund right now is playing Chandra, four mana Chandra, and Liliana, and the other three mana Liliana. Like, the, the, the one that kills... Last Apple. Hope, yeah. Last Hope. So, like, it's already kind of there... And adding Pernicious Deed in that deck kind of works, and I don't think Jund... To be totally honest, this is another card that, like, how good did they know Bloodbrave Elf was in the format? And that is going to dictate how likely they were to print it in Modern Horizons, because I think those were lining up pretty closely, and if they were afraid of Jund being too good, no way they print Pernicious Deed. But if they think that Jund was going to be fine, or they already saw that it was just fine, then they print it. Yeah. Um, so the obvious pick, though, is Death Deathrite Shaman. I don't know. There's like, I mean, as good as those other cards are, this is a similar to a Dak Faden situation. One is so clearly the most insane card at its color combo. Death Ray Shaman is the best gold card ever printed. I think it's a fair statement. Yeah, I think it's, it's the best easy card. the best hybrid, but I think it might be the best gold card ever printed. It's better than any of the other cards on this list. I think so. I think I, I don't think they don't think you have to check. I think that that's just true. Uh, it's better than everything we've talked about so far. Myron. It's so good that it's banned in modern. So if you are a listener to the Isn't podcast, it banned in Legacy? Am I wrong that it's not banned in Didn't Legacy? Did it get banned in Legacy? Th- yeah, it's banned in Legacy. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It's it's. it's <laughs> I'm willing to be wrong there because I haven't played. You're right. It is banned in modern and Legacy. Yep. So if you're a new listener to the Master of Modern podcast, do not go out and invest in Deathrite Shaman unless you it, just want to play it in fun formats because it is really fun. Uh, I think that depending on how inexpensive Deathrite Shaman is, buying a playset. Uh, when it's as cheap as possible, because like you'll be able to like do the Stoneforge Mystic uh, payment cycle of you buy them now when like right after a uh, ban list announcement happens and it doesn't get unbanned, and then once the unbanning list announcement comes next, it'll spike and then you can sell it and then it'll dip down again and you can buy more. <laughs> so our last two, I Sorry. believe, so because are... like. Well, I want, I want one thing on Death Ride yeah, yeah. because we don't get to talk about that card very much. I actually think Death Ride Shaman would be very healthy to modern right now. Because it would eat its phoenixes. Yeah, I think like the and two... And prized amalgams. The two... The most problematic deck, and I think there's issues with it, so I don't think it's a good idea to unprint it, but I think that the fact that it fights those two cards is an interesting thing. I think that the fact that it also fixes colors in the way that it does is the problem. But if it like ate a land to tap for a green mana, like Atlanta War Elf instead of what it does, and then it did the other things, it would be fine. So you're saying maybe if they find a way to make not a functional reprint, but a similar card that plays in that space, maybe that works. Possibly. What if like two mana death right, Shaman is in well, modern horizon? I think I, mean, I literally had this conversation with Gavin Verhey over a glass of wine like three months ago and I asked him, Do you think Death Right Shaman would be too good at two? And I think he was like, uh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that speaks to why I've been seeing so much more scavenging ooze, because scavenging oh, yeah. ooze is a lot like a two mana death right for what we're talking about, mm-hmm. eating prized amalgams oh, and I think, Phoenix. I think and that's right. I I'm I'm actually surprised scavenging ooze hasn't ticked up. Like I think it's really good right now. I think partially just like decks that played are a little too slow to be doing good, but I think it's really powerful. Ooze is really, really good. It's just, it's a little taxing and you have to be 
you have to have would, a lot of green mana available. And I would I play kinda, four ooze before I played four Tarmogoyf and Jund right now. Easy. I think they do. I'd play four and two maybe. I think like I think ooze yeah. is a more played card right now in modern yeah. Tarmogoyf. You can you can get Tarmogoyf for cheap. You can get yeah. Tarmogoyf for like forty bucks right now. Um. All right. Moving on to the last couple categories, we Rakdos. have black red. Now this is an interesting one. I was shocked at how bad the cards were in general. Mm-hmm. I like was considering like terminate. And like Terminate was on my list for a while, and then I like remembered that I stopped at two mana, and then I looked back and I was like, oh right, the best card is this. I think this is another one where we both know, right? Yeah, it's K Command. It's just Colgan's it's command. Colgan's command. So black, red, colorless, instant discard. Target opponent either discards a card, takes two. You do two because di- it has five abilities. Three abilities. Four abilities. Five. It has four abilities. No, it has five. It does command? damage to a player or creature. Oh, that's true. So <laughs> one of the abilities can do two things. Creature or one player. Now three because you hit planeswalkers. <laughs> Direct so damage is like yeah. yeah. It does bolt for two. Yeah, it's black, red, one, instant speed. Uh, choose two, and it's deals two damage to target creature or player, which now says any target. Any target. Uh, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand, or Target player discards a card at instant speed. So it's instant speed, discard, and or, or destroy, an artifact. destroy target artifact. So you have all kinds of crazy things you can do with this card. Like they, uh, It's weird they printed it because I they... I even argue there are six abilities. If you have like Lingering Souls in your hand and you don't have any white mana in Mardu and you just want to be able to cast a black they like, side of Lingering Souls and discard it yourself. They don't really print a lot of instant speed discard for similar reasons that we think that Vindicate is not going to be fun if it's in modern. Because like instant speed discard is not fun. When you're in top deck mode and your opponent's able to make you discard your card during like your draw step before you can actually play the card, that sucks. Um, this card's really good. Yep. I love this card. Yep. Uh, so I have my not in. I have my not in modern card. Do you have one? I think it is the most powerful black red card not in modern, and I'm willing to be proven wrong. But the most powerful black red card not in modern is it Doretti? No, you love this card. It's Vile Smasher. Oh, Vile Smasher's so good. <laughs> yeah, I love Vile Smasher. I think that card is really good. I think it would be really cool to have in modern. Uh, I don't think any of those partner planes cards are going to be in this set. I think they that block of text on the bottom makes it weird for that to be true. Vile Smasher the Fierce is a creature, legendary goblin, I believe. For two, it's a two-three for white or sorry for red black one. Uh, the Vile first Smasher, spell it has partner, so we can partner with another one to be your commander. And, and the first spell you cast each turn, it deals it, damage equal to that casting cost to each opponent, a random opponent, a random opponent. Oh, so one v one, it's just straight to them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So so one v one, it's one opponent. In 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 commander, commander it's, it's anybody. Ah, uh, interesting. Um, and then fun fact, it's also he's Sarkin's best friend. I've played this card a lot. She um, right? She is Sarkin's best friend. You're right. Yeah, Vile Smather. I've played a lot, and this is this is a similar card to all of those partner planeswalkers, right? That there's only a foil version. There's no such thing as a non-foil version of this or mm-hmm. Kess or Traxa mm-hmm. or that cycle is Brea. They're so good. That cycle of commanders is, I think, the most pushed. Right. You listed a few commanders that are not part of that cycle, but moving on from that, oh, the really? partner cycle has like Silas Ren, Achille. Yeah. Uh, Thrasios. Thrasios, which we mentioned. Oh, tra- so Atraxa and Brea Timna, the Weaver. Atraxa and Brea were com- the four color commanders from that commander set. But they are the cycle that's, are partners. But they're all all of those cards are cards that there's only a foil version. Well, but right? that's true of all commander uh, commanders. Uh, starting with Commander 2017, I believe. Yeah. Ah, got it. Okay. Well, all of the ones that came out in that so like, set. So like Kess is in a different... Oh, Kess is in a different set. Kess was in the, the uh, tribal wizard. one. That was in the Wizards one that also had the, the vampires year. in the following year. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. 
And then the most recent year was the lands. It was like, we have random themes, but their planeswalkers were the five front facers. Yeah, you have the five mana Jund land one, right? Mm-hmm. That card's really good. Um, yes. Those cards are all really Would uh, Speaking of that, would um, would Lord Windgrace be too strong for modern? Five mana, I would say no. I've been trying to get him to work in other, like in Highlander, Highlander, and he's like real expensive and doesn't do a whole lot. He's kind of in the same category of card as like the Gitrog monster in a lot of ways. Like he's not the same card, obviously. I think Gitrog is better than him. Yeah, but like similar reasons that it's really hard to find a way to make Gitrog work in modern, and like that's just kind of what it is. So um, that's our that is Rakdos. our Rakdos. So Gruel. we have Gruel. It's the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I believe so. So we did Kitchen Finks, Nether Reliquary, Teferi, Psychotog, Cake Command, Landing Helix, Ringer, Souls, Death, Earth, Shaman, Prophet, Krufix, Deck, and I did a poll on this one too. Uh, and I disagree with the poll. I Are you on the poll side or are you on my side? From having played the cards in question a lot, mm-hmm. it's just Manamorphos, okay. in my opinion. That's what the poll said. It was between Manamorphos and Bloodbraid Elf. Um, Bloodbraid is great, but like one yeah. of them is they both are legal, and one of them sees play as a four of in multiple multiple tier one decks, and the other one like has to fight to be relevant. They're both really good. Manamorphos is the better card. Yeah, Manamorphos is the best blood green card ever printed. Your deck gets worse if you take Manamorphos out of it. In fact, doesn't work in some cases. If you take Bloodbraid Elf out of your deck and replace it with like a Huntmaster, your deck's worse, but it's still just a playable deck. You just lose decks if you can. Manamorphos is so unique. Mm, I don't think that's true. I think there's decks. I think Manamorphos really like losing Manamorphos hurts those decks, but I don't think Storm goes away. I don't think Phoenix goes away. I like don't think any of those decks go away. I think they just are worse. But they're fine. I don't know. Phoenix might go away with that Metamorphos, honestly. It, I, it, it's really good, but I think it might be too slow for Modern without Metamorphos. I, uh, I, dis- I disagree. Your chain turns get so much worse. Yeah, but your chain turns are... Like, it's possible that your chain turns are 100% higher than they should be. And they maybe become 50% higher than they are without Metamorphos. But, like, the fact that you get that on turn 4 versus turn 3... I can tell you from, like, three weeks ago playing 15 rounds of this deck that if you... In the, in the games where my Metamorphos got countered or in the mirror where I spell pierce their Metamorphos, it's like... Yes, a... but you've now cast... You've now spent two cards, two mana, and that turn trying to Metamorphos and failing. If you had spent instead waited a turn and spent three cards that you just had, you would have been better off or you would be fine that like, yes, you're right. When man of Warfels gets countered, it's a huge feel bad, but it's not just a, it's not just a feel bad. It's like it, it really, it like, sure. But, but you've now wasted a turn and now also a card in your hand in a deck that needs you to cast multiple cards and now prevents you on your next turn. If you waited a turn, which ter- slowing down Phoenix, a turn is probably a good thing. And you now get an extra card from your deck because you drew a card for the turn. Yep, so you yep. got the Manamorphos card you're going to draw. And now you have three mana to spend. You Now if they counter one of your cards, you actually don't. You still get the Phoenixes back. But the velocity of the deck is what makes it work. So well, all, all the rest of your cards is, are still all cantrips. I mean, like you replace Manamorphos with more Thought Scours or whatever cantrip you're not playing four of yet. But Faithless Looting is card disadvantage. It's selection, but it is disadvantage. So using that card and getting the Phoenixes into your yard is, in theory, them in your hand. But if your opponent has one more turn to set up or disrupt you, and your Manamorphos isn't there, the argument isn't that the deck doesn't get worse without Manamorphos. The argument is that the deck is still a tier one deck without Manamorphos. I don't, I, I don't agree with you. I actually and think without Manamorphos, that deck stops being tier one. I internet, I, you let us know what you think. I don't think you're going to convince me differently based on me playing with the cards, and you're not going to convince you differently based on you playing with the cards. So yeah, cool. yeah, I. Uh, but I pick Manamorphos as the best card. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> this is the best card. I think it yeah. could be banned. I think that's a card to ban. Definitely, in modern. That's I don't on think it's ever list. done anything. Yeah positive 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. That's it. That's the episode. That's the episode. That's yeah. the best color, best card in every two color combination in Magic history. Stay tuned next week, guys. We are going to be doing a preview card. It's a big one. Yeah, so it's exciting. So, or so the that'll spark. be releasing on the YouTube channel uh, and on the 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 podcast feed. Yep. <laughs> uh, Monday morning. Um, and it's a big one. We got yeah preview episode was very fun. Yeah, we'll have a big version of the card behind us soon and, and again guys thank you so much for sticking with us as we kind of update the office uh this is exciting for us we like are remodeling we're literally There's... in construction mode if you like look here if you can see the wall i don't know if you can probably not can you zoom <laughs> out to see the wall Producer yeah, you, can, oh, you can see the wall. So see how it's oh. like, there's like plaster and drywall. This will be painted. Yeah. This all, this is all uh, getting updated. So yeah. hopefully the sound is going to be officially like super awesome. Oh, you have no idea how much foam I've purchased yeah, to cover gonna every be, wall. It's going to be great. So Actually, um, Marshall, there's a piece, there's a corner piece, throw it at me. See, I just wanted this to hit that on the head. <laughs> yeah. This sweet. is going to prevent sound from echoing. Thank you guys, everyone. We will see you guys next week. Uh, Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.